Well, hello and welcome to episode number 375 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and in this week's show, United show off a shiny new interior. A Ryanair passenger decides to try a different kind of seat on a plane and he feels really flushed. And one airline is selling tickets with fried chicken. And in the military news this week, and the uh, I'm just scrolling down because I'm trying to find it. In the military news this week, the State Department's new Black Hawk uh, is in Afghanistan and can prove especially important after withdrawal. And a Philippine military plane crashes with 45 dead, but 49 rescued. So I am not in the BDUK studios this week, uh, but Matt Smith is. So good evening, Matt Smith. Uh, hello, good, good, good. Uh, yes, uh, you're, you're catching me unawares. What's <laughs> that was the that was the un uh, that was the most uh, the the. Oh, I'll stop talking. You carry on. I love so, it. I, yes. I feel like Matt is, is has just been surprised that he's on an aviation what is what is what are all these buttons that are in front of me i've got two keyboards i've got some faders i've got some people on a zoom call why well, I, I feel like uh, i've woken up in a third dimension yes i had i had a rather busy day today so i unfortunately couldn't make it over to the studio uh to be with matt but i i, I would imagine with the temperature outside being uh, 22.3 degrees celsius here uh, in bunga i expect it's probably quite warm in that studio man I think I think the word we're looking for there is muggy. That's the word that we're looking yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's been a rather rather warm and muggy day today. I'm warm. expecting some. I'm, I'm expecting some really good quality thunderstorms. Warm and wet, really. I think, is the best way to to, mm. to describe that. Warm and wet, yeah. indeed. So he is back this week when we are very pleased to have him back with us this week and uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back neville bounds yes thank you very much indeed mate um well had a nice uh, nice week off quite hectic <clears throat> excuse me but um yes had a very nice trip up to edinburgh uh, at the on saturday uh, and hopefully uh, my chum matt there might have a picture of the uh, of the aircraft that i went on um if he's a bit clever with the old uh, digits and what have you. And My word, be, you managed the retro It's BA. the retro BA A319 uh, Golf Echo Uniform Papa Juliet. And, um, yeah, of course, <laughs> when you're inside the aircraft, it looks nothing different. Different to the other one, yeah, no, I suppose. That's the only thing. So I have borrowed this picture uh, from airhistory.net, and thanks very much to the photographer, Richard Vandervoord. Um, that was the only one I could find uh, quickly, but uh, yeah, so it was so, uh, nice. It does look the business when it, when it's sitting on the ramp, I must, I must say. This, this, this shows my naivety, really, here, because, of course, the one thing that I, I sort of, I, I don't know, I got it in my head that all the retro ones were all the uh, 747s, for some reason no uh, mm. they they had some uh, 74s but they've had one a319 which is what that was. ah thank goodness uh, so, for that then. Uh, which is which is great so um yes first time i've ever been on that so but it was doing a lot of the um it always does tends to do the, the, the domestic routes or brussels or, or something like that but uh, it certainly looks great when it's sitting on the on the ramp outside i must I imagine if, if if ba nev would have put a, put an original retro ba interior in that plane well, yes, and um, in fact, probably more luxurious than the current offering. Uh, 
I would say. Uh, but uh, no, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yes, got, gone completely retro inside. Although I'm mm. glad the avionics and uh, all the all the rest of it are, are up to today's standards because that mm. could be challenging. I would, I would say. But uh, yeah, great to be back on the show. Ah, oh, good to have you back, Nev, and uh, glad you had a good trip. So, uh, big hello and welcome to our fourth host on the show. He's back with us this week, and he's in a slightly different location this week to what he was last week. Uh, I think he's been doing some uh, some green-fingered work in the garden. So, welcome, Armando. Hey, guys. Uh, these Zoom backdrops are getting really, really <laughs> realistic. Uh, it's like moving no, and am. everything. It's amazing. I can see uh, people behind you. Look, don't do that. It's uh, inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm on the grounds of uh, Davidson College here, just north of Charlotte. It is a beautiful college campus. Uh, it's been here since the 1800s. It's a great place to come hang out. Except I am outside. It is North Carolina in July. Therefore, it is about 90 degrees ish uh, Fahrenheit. So. If you see me melting lower and lower into the screen, that's that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, certainly, it, it does look. And nice, apologies though. for the fire trucks and the and the people and the police cars in the background. At some <laughs> point, I'm sure. <laughs> so, how have things been with you, Armando? This week, you've been uh, busy. Uh, actually, not not so much. This was uh, we extended our Fourth of July weekend, so we ended up going out to the lake like with like the last episodes and we actually didn't come back till tuesday so we just did a bunch of lake time and then just hung out at the house and uh here we are on friday again and uh tomorrow i'm flying air cadets all day long and then sunday skydivers that's the only thing i've done in the air so other than that not a whole lot yeah blimey how the other half live hey matt and, and, and what happens here presumably is you because you haven't been in the aircraft for like three weeks you've forgotten how to do it all i assume is that how that works right you know, thanks to uh, X Plane Eleven, I take <laughs> uh, well, I take yeah. <laughs> a few a few minutes every day, and uh, and maybe just virtually sit in the cockpit and and refamiliarize myself with uh, the two airplanes that I actually get paid to fly. Do, do seriously though, I mean, because we, we obviously we're, we're familiar with the whole X Plane thing, and that's fine. But like, as an actual pilot, is that not your idea of your worst nightmare to sit down in front of a simulator and like? Because I mean, pilots have a bit of a funny thing about simulators, don't they? Because you know, with the recurrent training and stuff that you have to do on a regular basis, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is that not? Nah, you know, is, is, I mean, it, it's still a it's still a hobby. It's uh, it's different when you're getting trained or you're going for a check ride or. You know, you have somebody hovering over you that's about to make something red light up in the cockpit. Uh, <laughs> it's different when when I'm just sitting there. I, genuinely, I, I like to be a, a good instrument pilot. It's probably the most challenging thing we do. So I like to sit there and uh, on X-Plane 11 and fly instrument approaches. Um, specifically, uh, you know, the Pilatus is what I fly the most. And, uh, and I sit there and go through the motions and, and just kind of... I'm just short of buying some VR goggles. I'm not quite there yet, but <laughs> I know I, I think it'd be great just to just to remember where everything is in the cockpit because I'm I'm switching from airplane to airplane between the Pilatus, the PC3, the PC3, the DC3, and the uh, Cessna 182. But then the 182s that I'm flying, the one I'm flying on Saturday is a G1000. The one on on Sunday literally has just a uh, a small uh, skeleton of a sparrow. That's the only avionics because the sparrow angles into the wind. Uh, it's, it's a skydive joke because skydive airplanes, they take everything out of it. All you need is an airspeed indicator. 
<laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and Nev, have you uh, like talking about Sims and stuff? I mean, I know you've had a go like with a couple of the the Sims uh, when you've been doing bits and pieces for the A, you know, for the um, uh, the A three twenty guys. But um, I mean, has that ever appealed to you? Like, you know, flight simulators and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But I think the thing is, uh, when you've got something at home, and probably Carlos will understand this, although Mrs. Carlos won't, um, <laughs> yeah. is that. You erase hours of your day and right. possibly your life as well. And yes. you think you've been in there for, you know, a couple of hours or something like that, and it turns out to be four or six. <laughs> a bit like video editing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, um, don't, don't. Uh, me, me and John can, well, you, you've done your fair share of it as well, haven't you? As a, as like, I mean, well, I, I, I think the problem is, is that, yeah, the time just passes you by. But uh, it would be nice to do something at home. But uh, as I say, it's... It, um, it's more suitable for the single person rather than the married person True. or someone that's in a relationship, I um, would say. And we still have no idea um, precisely how Carlos gets away with it, is the, is no. the long and the short of it. So, so in a few uh, weeks' time, Nev, <laughs> when, you're, when you're down this way for the, uh, for the Buckingham Air show, we'll talk about that later, actually, um, you'll, be, you'll be having to go on the sim? Here? Yeah, I will. Just try it out. But it looks, uh, looks the business, I must say. It looks, looks very, uh, very high-end. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know this is I, I, this is a question for Armando again. Sorry, we'll, we'll move on in a minute. But you were throwing type ratings out there like they were sweeties. How many type ratings? How many aircraft can you technically fly? Ooh. Oh, that's a funny question. Uh, you know, if you are a Patreon uh, supporter, you will have seen a video where I talk a little bit about type ratings. Ooh. Uh, so it's uh, it's different here in the U.S. Okay, uh, most. General aviation aircraft do not require a type rating per se. Um, maybe the insurance will require some kind of sign-off you know, type thing. You know, five yeah, hours, yeah. ten hours yeah. in that airplane with an instructor, but it's not its not anything that goes on your license. Now, other countries, uh, Canada, for example, the UK, I think you, you if you were to fly a Cessna caravan, you would require what, what is considered a type rating. It's aircraft-specific right. training. Um, I think that does get documented in, in some kind of training record somewhere here in the u.s we don't we don't require a type rating unless the aircraft is uh 12,500 pounds or more or carries a certain number of people um there's a there's some special things but generally that's it if it's a if it's a 12,500 pounds or more then it requires a type rating and and there's multi-crew things to that single air single pilot exemptions like a Cessna citation you can get a type rating that's single pilot blah 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 so um so I guess the answer to your question is it's, <laughs> you know, it's I thought, limitless I thought here you, in the U.S. I thought you were doing a really good job there of skillfully not answering my question for me. Sign him up as a politician quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an educational and, and uh, entertainment podcast, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, legally I could jump in any uh, airplane, single engine land or multi-engine land and, and go fly it as long as it doesn't specifically require type rating so so if you've got one bring it right okay fair enough okay all right i i've monop- i've monopolized far too much of, of of the time here i guess we should uh, go back to carlos and do what we're supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah it is um it is obviously there's times like this when we're doing the show when there's certain things that uh, that we have to well we have to talk about in the show because um you know it's it's sad times and we had some sad news Last weekend, I think most of the community will know uh, what happened uh, with uh, one of our uh, very good friends in the community launch pad, uh, Mazari, who sadly passed away in a crash uh, 
it was last yeah last weekend and uh, over in the US I'm pretty sure that most people would have heard of Brad and or Launchpad I should say as he preferred to be called because he did prefer to be called Launchpad I know some of the geeks got told off a few times for calling him Brad um, but um, I think I speak for all of the all of us here uh, at the team at PTUK when we you know send our condolences to to obviously his wife and family and he's a very or will be a very sad, sad missed person in, in the uh, community because um, for anyone who listens to the Airplane Geeks, he's been a contributor on there for quite some time. And he's had some really, really uh, fantastic stories over the last um, few years, which has brought the show uh, about his Fock Wolf and also about his involvement with promoting aviation for young people which has a very been a very big part of his life and he'll be very very sadly missed and yeah it's um it's very touching the uh the comments that were made on the airplane geeks later show mm. it was nice to hear how, how uh popular and how loved uh launchpad Absolutely. was within the community yeah and if you guys uh, haven't uh, already caught up with it, I'm sure most of you have done, uh, give the Airplane Geeks a listen. Episode, uh, John's just going to remind me in my ear what episode number 660, episode 660. Uh, yeah. And it's a very lovely tribute, which I implore anybody yeah. who, who remembers him fondly to to give it a listen. And uh, especially uh, Micah's piece, actually, that was uh, particularly moving from uh, my perspective, at least. So, uh, yes, our, our thoughts are, and prayers are with uh, his entire family. Yes, indeed. You will be missed, Brad. And uh, I think it's, we'll finish with uh, Frequency Change Approve. Good day. Which <laughs> nice. is how uh, we always nice. used to say. Love so it. So sign off. So, yes. And moving on. So, um, we're going to acknowledge all our wonderful family in the YouTube chat room this evening. Loads of faces in there. Some, uh, some old faces which have popped in this week have been missing for a while. We've uh, got Miles High in there. Uh, we've got Nick Codling. Hello. Uh, our main man, Uncle Micah, is in there. Arnie Carlson. Hello to you, Arnie. Uh, Captain Cruz is, uh, has been providing some quite good comments this evening. Uh, Richard Adams is also in there. Tony S. Hello to you, Tony. Uh, Lee Davies is also back in there this week. Good to see you back, uh, Lee. Uh, Tanya is also in there. Hello to you, Tanya. Uh, Rakon. Uh, Mazus Karim. Hello to you, Mazus. Hope you're well. One of our local listeners, actually, Mazus is. Uh, he's in Norwich. Got, he's in Norwich. He is. Yeah. 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 We need to get a meet up soon. With we do. Him. Absolutely. I want to say Nev was there this week. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Uh, Greg Ooh. Masterson. Hello to you, Greg. First time joining the live chat. Ooh. So well done, Greg. Gl- uh, glad to have you. Uh, My commiserations uh, in advance. Here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just scrolling down. Make sure I don't miss any on uh, Rakon Lee Davis and Sturman. Uh, Garth has joined us in. Uh, hello to you, Garth. Uh, only a few hours ago, I actually saw him. Uh, so welcome to one again. Don't my forget, apologies to Garth. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, welcome uh, to one and all. And don't forget, if you are listening to the show as an audio show and uh, you fancy joining us on the YouTube stream, uh, just jo- uh, take yourselves over to YouTube, search Plain Talking UK, and uh, don't forget to click that subscribe button and also the bell icon next door to be notified when we go live and we are recording new episodes like we are because. We'd love to have you with us on the show in the chat room because the chat room is what makes the show, guys. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk air shows, if I may, please, Carlos, because you, you, yes. you guys are off to one very soon. 
Yeah, Nev, where are we going soon? We are going. I know it's uh, un- unbelievable. Yeah, to it is. We're going to an air show. Unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, it's the Old Buck Air Show, Old Buckingham, over at, uh, is it Norfolk or Suffolk? Let me yeah, it's, uh, it's Norfolk, yeah. It's in Norfolk, yeah. And it's going to be on the 31st of July and the 1st of August. That's the Saturday and Sunday of the show. Uh, Carl Stein will be there on the 31st of July and maybe... Uh, if we can persuade Matt or somebody else to come <laughs> along as well, then they're very welcome. Uh, we will have the PTUK camera equipment and recording Ooh, equipment. We will. So we'll be doing some pictures, some interviews and all the rest of it. So if you fancy coming along, uh, just look up the uh, old Buckingham Air Show on the um, internet, the old Google. And I think there's tickets still available. Uh, uh, they I'm were, they just limited. looking. Uh, Last time I looked. <clears throat> but there may still some be available, possibly. Yeah, oh. tickets, um, tickets, yeah, tickets so are still available. Thank you coming along. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll look look forward to seeing as many people as possible. Mm. Uh, so we'll be there uh, checking out uh, the catering. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> Those are the important rules. Yeah, yeah tickets <laughs> are still available, but they are. <laughs> I think it won't be long before they are sold out. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great to see um, see if anyone in the chat room or anyone listening to the audio show is uh, local or in the area and coming to the show. Make sure you look out for uh, for me and Nev and uh, Nev's big camera, uh, which you'll have. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And actually, it'll be... It would be nice to uh, nice to have Nev down this neck of the woods uh, with us for 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 a weekend. Well, yes, quite. Okay, shall we uh, shall we crack on? Let's start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from across the world and the UK. So, if all the team are ready, <laughs> born ready. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Nev, we've got an update, haven't we, on a certain uh, ditching that we had last Yes, uh, interesting information here. This is on the airlinerwatch.com. Uh, it's updated details on the Transair Flight 810 ditching that was uh, breaking last Friday. Um, well, as the 46-year-old jet climbed at the start of the planned 24-minute trip on Friday, one of its engines cut out. The relatively routine failure turned tense as Transair Flight 810 began to lose altitude whilst its flight crew attempted to return for a landing, according to a recording of air traffic uh, radio calls posted by LiveATC.net. Uh, the pilot radioed, we're going to lose the other engine too, it's running very hot, we're low on speed, it doesn't look good. Well, a controller at the International Airport told the crew uh, the airport fire department had been alerted and uh, the pilot replied, you need to let the Coast Guard know. Minutes later, the controller said, it looks like they went down in the water. Well, that triggered a dramatic rescue off the coast of Oahu, uh, as two pilots who may have experienced a rare dual-engine failure struggled to survive. Uh, The US Coast Guard located the 737 in a a debris field at about 2.30am, roughly 50 minutes after the initial alert. Uh, we saw a man waving, uh, waving his hand from the tail of the aeroplane, uh, said Lieutenant uh, Gleb uh, Borovok, uh, a Coast Guard crewman on the MH65 Dolphin helicopter that arrived on scene in an interview with Hawaii News Now. Uh, next, we saw another man floating 
on a bed of cargo. Well, the rescuers initially focused on the pilots clinging to, to the packages, um, but then the tail of the aircraft starts to sink, thrusting the man who had been perched there into the water. The helicopter deployed a swimmer and hoisted the Transair pilot aboard. Uh, the Transair aviator on the packages was picked up by a Honolulu Fire Department rescue boat amid seas as high as five feet and winds of up 17 miles per hour. Uh, both aviators were injured and rushed to Honolulu's Queen's Medical Centre. One of them, who was 58, was in, in intensive care in a critical condition, according to Hawaii News Now. The other, who's 50, was in a serious condition with a head injury and multiple lacerations, the news outlet said. Both aviators have since been discharged from hospital, which is incredible if you think about it. This only happened a week ago. Mm. But, uh, yeah, ditching of a 737, my goodness me, that's... Uh, uh, to and in the water survive that is absolutely incredible isn't it yeah, yeah and in the water as well that's yeah. that's uh, and at night yeah indeed mm. yeah this is uh not you, you know great job by the crew and and like you guys are saying and and everybody in the chat room is saying it's amazing that these guys one made it out well one put the airplane in the water in such a manner at night to, to Safely. keep it yeah yeah to to keep it together enough to get out of it two that they survived uh, out there bobbing on the water and, and three, what a, what a testament to the rescue forces out there, the coast guard and the, and the fire department, the Honolulu fire department, because they're doing a, a night rescue uh, is never easy when you're deploying a rescue swimmer. Now my, my cousin is a coast guard rescue swimmer. He's, he's been one for 21 years now. And, and, and to me, Jumping into the water at night in the middle of a plane crash, a debris field where you have fuel, lots of jagged metal, uh, five foot waves and 17 mile per hour winds. And that's probably calm for Coast Guard rescue swimmers. Um, but uh, which is what a testament to, to, to the rescue and the first responder crews out there. I know there's a lot of criticism surrounding this incident already from air traffic control um, there was a lot of there. There will be some lessons learned from this one. There was uh, there was some confusion with a with a Transair eight hundred nine and a Transair eight one zero. You know, similar flight numbers, and then there was a lot of uh, communications that were stepped on back and forth. So, sure, we can always find the criticism in, in something, but just an amazing job by the pilots and, and the first responders, and, and a huge shout out to the to our Coast Guard uh, to our Coasties out there who are who do this on a regular basis and, and the fire fire department first responders. So outstanding job. Absolutely. And obviously a good outcome because obviously, like we said, both pilots um, uh, are okay. And that's the most amazing yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, so yeah, good update there. And moving on to story number one, United, uh, this is from uh, travelweekly.com and businessinsider.com. Uh, United Airlines touts new interior as upgrade for passengers. Uh, some great pictures, actually, that were on uh, a lot of the news feeds for these uh, new interiors. But uh, United Airlines on Tuesday unveiled the new aircraft interior that it plans for a future uh, to feature on its entire mainline narrow-bodied fleet uh, by early 2025. The new car, or the carrier, uh, took delivery of its first 737 MAX 8 on June the 28th and displayed it for the media at uh, a Newark airport hangar on Tuesday. The plane will take to the skies no later than the 15th 
uh, of July. And the two-cabin aircraft offers first-class cabin with 37 inches of pitch. Uh, the space between rows in the main cabin. Uh, economy plus seats have either 34 or 33 inches of pitch and economy seats uh, have 30 inch pitch. Uh, first class is comprised of 16 recliner seats arranged in a typical two two configuration. Each seat is equipped with a new 13 inch high definition touchscreen entertainment uh, system uh, and tethered remote control, which you can always use if you don't like the touchscreens, uh, is also included with every seat. Despite the new screens, tray tables will still include device holders for those that prefer to use a mobile device for entertainment. Next comes the yeah, economy cabin, uh, split between 54 extra legroom uh, economy plus seats and 96 standard economy seats. Uh, a unique feature of United System is that flyers compare Bluetooth headphones, uh, such as AirPods, uh, into the seat. All seats will also have in-seat power through a 110-volt AC power outlet under the seat and also USB charging ports on the screens. Uh, the plane also has LED mood lighting, which United Executives say will be adjusted according to the time of day to ease the flying experience. And a key feature of the new Max aircraft is larger overhead bins, uh, which United say the plane has enough bin space to stow a full-size carry-on for each passenger on the aircraft, which is quite a bold claim. As we all know, uh, those who rush on board an aircraft and try and find somewhere to stow your uh, your um, your carry-on luggage, uh, if you're the last person on the aircraft, especially if it's a, a low-cost carrier, not going to mention any names, Matt will bring that up in story two. Uh, <laughs> will be a tight squeeze to fit your suitcase in. So you'll probably be sitting in seat number, I don't know, row row thirty two, and your uh, suitcase or your hand luggage will probably I, be. I'm in not familiar with number that row number. That, that, that <laughs> sorry, sorry, Nev. Sorry. The what now? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, guys. I mean, Nev, you, you you love your tech. Matt, you love your tech as well. And I am um, familiar with the concept. Yes. This the whole idea of being able to pair your bluetooth that is a nice touch actually yeah Yeah. that's a really nice touch uh i was very lucky that for a uh, a birthday present um uh, last year last year year before anyway got some very very nice sony headphones and um the sound on them is absolutely incredible it's one of those isn't it where um you know the ability to just sort of dial into that i mean that that must cause i I don't know quite how you would localize it enough for there not to be somebody accidentally pairing the wrong screen (laughs) with the because if you've got a person like one row down accidentally pairing the i I don't know it just sounds a uh, what do you mean if you've got 50 people trying to pair yeah uh, pair ipods well this is this is it this is where i'm going with this essentially because the you know although i think to be fair the ipods the airpods do actually have your name attached to them when you try to pair to them so i don't don't think it'll be the issue that it would be but you know if if you've got like generic headphones and stuff you know you you think oh they're a fan of headphone verse or headphone bluetooth headphones nev yeah i I think it's a great idea and um I, i think that um the thing is that they're try with each new generation of aircraft it's all about uh, weight saving in it and therefore fuel saving and they're trying to do anything they possibly can to reduce the, the weight of IFE I think because it is a substantial amount uh, but passengers do want it no matter almost what what uh, duration that the flight is so I think this kind of facility I think is great and I think you'll probably see other airlines rolling it out as well. Well I think the only person out of all of us is going to get a chance to see this anytime soon will be Armando. 
Yeah. Hi, guys. This is Jim Cantore reporting live for the Weather Channel. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can tell behind me or not, but uh, out of nowhere here in North Carolina, I'm sitting at a picnic table. My car is actually getting worked on, uh, and there's a thunderstorm. Matt, I, I sent you a picture. Yes, I, I have it. Yes, I'll try to. Um, yeah, I'll try to get it across. Actually, you, you keep talking. So. Uh, out of nowhere, it was calm and, and beautiful, and out of nowhere, it is now uh, starting to rain at the other end of the parking lot. The winds are about 30 miles per hour. You can see the trees behind me are swaying. So if you're in Davidson, go ahead and go inside and take some shelter from the thunder and the lightning. I, I, I may need to check off the podcast for a little bit and find a safe place to go hide. Uh, when when Matt pops that picture up, uh, I'm gonna be quiet because the wind is kicking up. But uh, I'm the blue dot yeah. in front of the red amoeba. So am I gonna see that um, Armando rep- is re- reporting himself safe uh, very shortly? I'm sure. I, I'm gonna go ahead and chalk this up to a terrible idea for a podcast. For the day. <laughs> Oh, my goodness me. Right, okay, just give me two seconds. Here we go. Uh, Lee, Lee Davies in the chat room, Armando says, for God's sake, don't open an umbrella. Uh, no, no, quite. I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> sitting under one. Yeah. Oh, that that may be a problem. Uh, <laughs> he was. Oh, blimey. Here we go. I've got the picture now. Just two seconds. Sorry, we're having a technical glitch. Oh, trying God, to get... it just fell over. Oh, my gosh. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Oh, if dear. you're listening to the audio podcast, <laughs> I love you all. This has been great. It's been a great run on the show. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, Rakon says, oh, it's only a green screen. Calm down, everyone. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, so, there's, so there's, there's the picture. title for this week. Yeah, absolutely. So we're watching, for those who are watching on the YouTube channel, I'm just going to, or, or listening, sorry, on the audio version, I'm just going to describe this. So we have a picture, which is a little blue dot right in the middle of where Armando is, and essentially around him, um, well, in fact, that, that the, the one on the left there looks like it's quite a nasty little storm that's about to come yeah, that's, over. Yeah, that's the one that, uh, that's trickling its way towards me. So. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Again, this is good. This is good entertaining audio. <laughs> I, you know, one of my favorite things for listening to any podcast is, uh, is when things go wrong. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and chalk this one up because my screen is now getting wet, as am I. So I'm going to check off for a little bit and... Uh, <laughs> Check back in with you guys. Okay. okay. Yeah, right. Okay, lovely. Uh, <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you for that update, uh, Armando, on the weather. Uh, We're on the weather channel. This is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that really did fall over as soon as you guys talked about the umbrella. <laughs> it's like, okay. We were like, Continue right. on. Okay. So, uh, good Matt, luck. Yes. Um, uh, well, hopefully we'll have Armando back with us soon. Um He'll he'll be with us here in the studio, I expect. <laughs> yeah, this is right. Um, but Matt, you've got a story uh, next uh, about our favourite low cost carrier. Indeed, yes, absolutely. Uh, now, before I uh, give you the heading and stuff, I want to m- make clear here that before we get into this article, let's let, article. Let's just keep in mind that in every case which uh, which the word evacuation is used in this piece, let's think of it instead as a deboarding. A fine example of news outlets even aviation ones making things way more dramatic than they actually need to be so brace yourselves everyone Uh, this one is probably going to make nev's blood boil so here we go um the headline is evacuation of orion airplane at brussels airport after a passenger boarded without documents and locked himself in a toilet 
This is on the Aviation24.be website. And the story goes, a passenger caused mayhem on a Ryanair, that technically a Malta Air flight, plane registered uh, 9 Hotel Quebec Delta Sierra on Thursday morning around 8.30 at Brussels Airport. The man who boarded the flight, uh, Foxtrot Romeo 2963 to Milan, uh, without the necessary documents, locked himself in the toilet. Federal police officers intervened to arrest the individual. Uh, the plane was then evacuated for examination. Uh, federal police confirm the um, facts and indicate that the individual had boarded the aircraft without the necessary documents. The man caused some trouble in the plane. He pushed passengers and locked himself in the toilet. We were finally able to call him out uh, without a problem because the man had left luggage on the plane as well. Everyone had to leave the plane so that we could carry out a check, a, a police spokesperson explained. Passengers had to wait an hour on the airport tarmac finally the air, the Ryanair plane was able to take off for Milan at 10 o'clock one hour and 20 minutes late so there you go that is the story <laughs> so not man, much in the way of evacuation there is there uh, no quite uh this is this is the odd odd scenario here really I mean it's just like the, the bit that worries me is like how on earth did he get anywhere near the damn thing uh, without any paperwork that that's my alarm bell that's my takeaway from this particular story I don't have a problem with the way it was handled on board etc etc but I, I don't even know how he got there without the, pa- the appropriate paperwork I mean that does happen occasionally, doesn't it? For, from time to time, if something's gone wrong at the uh, the check-in desk or the um, boarding gate or whatever it is, um, but yeah, <laughs> but actually to go then hide in the toilet, uh, which I think in, initially was a you know an interesting approach, uh, but <laughs> yes. obviously he hadn't thought it through because there's only one way out. Uh, uh, quite yes, the, only only the one door. Yeah, police <laughs> are going to open the door. Isn't it? Indeed, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, my understanding is cabin crew have the ability to open the door from the outside because that that's a requirement of their okay. safety yeah. procedures. If I'm correct, uh, I may be correct. Uh, Laura da- Davis is saying that maybe he had a clipboard. You can accomplish accomplish a lot with a clipboard and looking confident. Very true. Good point. Very good true. point. Well Actually, made. That, yeah, that and a high vis. Good point. Yeah, yeah high vis jacket, <laughs> clipboard, yeah. and a Motorola radio, and you can go anywhere. You can pretty much go anywhere with an airport. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> no, please, please, yeah, please don't. Uh, please don't do that unless you're an official. Uh, this is an official PTUK warning. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, there we go. Uh, so, yes, a happy outcome, thank goodness, but wow. <laughs> Just as well they didn't poo-poo the idea. Oh, anyway. Oh, my. Uh, moving on to the next story. And, uh, Nev, you're, uh, this is quite an quite interesting story. It is. It's on the derbyshiretelegraph.co.uk and it says that Rolls-Royce has teamed up with Jaguar Land Rover as the engineering giant bids to set a new world record by flying the fastest ever all-electric plane. The firm, which has a UK site in Derby, is attempting to hit the 300 miles per hour mark with its Spirit of Innovation aircraft, which completed its first runway taxiing tests earlier this year. Jaguar Land Rover is loaning Rolls-Royce several all-electric zero-emission Jaguar I-Pace cars as towing and support vehicles for the world record bid, uh, Business Live reports. Uh, Rolls-Royce said that the Spirit of Innovation's electric propulsion system would use 500 horsepower, with its battery providing enough energy to fuel 
250 homes or fly from London to Paris on a single charge. The technology for the plane has been developed at Gloucestershire Airport by the Axel, or Accelerating the Electrification of Flight programme. Partners include Oxford-based electric motor and controller manufacturer Yasa and aviation startup Electroflight in Gloucestershire. Half of the project's funding is being provided by the Aerospace Technology Institute in partnership with the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy and Innovate UK. Rob Watson, who's the director of Rolls-Royce Electrical, said that the company was delighted Jaguar Land Rover was loaning it cars for the attempt. Uh, Rolls-Royce and JLR are UK pioneers who are focused on advancing electrical technology for their respective sectors, he said. It's important to us that the Axel programme is carbon neutral and this will be supported by having all electric cars for ground support. Uh, Rawdon Glover, who's uh, JLR's UK Managing Director, said that we're delighted to be supporting another great British pioneer, Rolls-Royce, and their team as the spirit of innovation aircraft brings electrified aviation into the nation's psyche with this incredible 300-mile-an-hour record attempt. Another one for the PTO UK camera team, I think. Uh, when we can get out of that problem. Well, quite. But, uh, sounds interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. I was, was going to say, sounds is one of the things that is, is going to be not producing much. Yeah. Of, like I said. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, that that's a long enough flight to... to, to I, I feel that's a long enough flight to start getting excited. Do you know what mm. I mean? You know, I mean, I still I know there's still a long way to go. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of quite excited about this story, actually. It's more, yeah. It's more about the speed. Yeah, I'm being told apparently it's more about the speed and stuff, which is. Mm. But it's going to be fast, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. The one thing that you can never take away from from like electric engines and stuff is the torque, isn't it? I mean, you literally yeah. hit a button. You know, there's there's none of this sort of like slowly getting up to speed, is it? I mean, it's it's on off. You know, <laughs> really cool. I mean, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. Really, um, I wonder how much that is to purchase. I mean, I don't think we should. Do, no, let's 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 gloss yeah. over that and move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably quite a lot of money as sponsor. As, yeah, yeah as, be, as it's being sponsored by Jaguar and uh, and Rolls Royce, probably quite a lot. <laughs> so, moving on to the next story, and uh, this one comes from the AirlineGeeks.com, FlightGlobal.com, uh, as well, and uh, Gulf Air GF two hundred five experiences incident at Kuwait International Airport. Uh, so Gulf Air Flight 215 was operating a routine service from Bahrain to Kuwait on the 5th of July, uh, taking off uh, 29 minutes late at 16.34 and flying 50 minutes to its destination. However, it experienced uh, a minor incident during the landing uh, that forced an emergency evacuation of the jet. Uh, the aircraft landed 27 minutes late on runway 33 left at 17.22 and exited exited on uh, to taxiway W5 when it turned on to the taxiway W1 where the evacuation occurred. No fatalities or injuries of the 62 passengers and seven crew on board were ha- had. Uh, the nature of the incident is still unknown, uh, though the air ground communications archived by the live ATC suggest the crew had downgraded a mayday call to a pan urgency call short before landing and referred to a high temperature in the cargo. Uh, but for the re- uh, reason for the evacuation was not what uh, we wanted to focus on. Instead, we look at an article from Flight Global this week headlined, Straying Passengers Cause Chaos After Gulf Air A321 Evacuation in Kuwait. 
So passengers evacuating an Airbus A321 at Kuwait appeared to have caused operational disruption, uh, including forcing a go-around after straying towards an active runway. The A321 crew advised tower controllers that they would be evacuating the aircraft on the taxiway after it arrived on runway 33 left as the GF215 uh, service from Bahrain on the 5th of July. Uh, subsequent air-to-ground communications appear to indicate that disorientated passengers began heading for the runway. Hmm, what we know we want to head to a runway for. But anyway, the crew of a landing Kuwaiti Airways A320neo operating KU1742 contacted the tower to advise that passengers were evacuating the Gulf Air flight when they were walking onto the runway. He said they don't know where they're going, the crew added. Uh, controllers responded by ordering another Kuwaiti Airways A320neo on approach, uh, which was KU614, to execute a go-around because there were people on the runway. The tower also asked whether the crew of the Kuwaiti aircraft having landed could shut off the aircraft's engines, concerned about the possibility that people might be walking in its vicinity. Gulf Air acknowledges a minor incident involving the flight without elaborating and says the evacuation was a precautionary measure so yeah i think one of the places yeah. when, when you evacuate an aircraft you don't want to be running towards is a running engine um or <laughs> you, you kind of want to run to a, a, a building or um yes that, that would be suboptimal wouldn't it <laughs> um, i think that this is something which is probably underestimated by the average member of the public in that actually evacuating the aircraft okay you, you m- could sustain some injuries and all the rest of it but the worst bit for the authorities is to contain the passengers within a sensible uh, area uh, either on, on the runway or the taxiway wherever things have happened and things can could get out of control very quickly i would imagine so um yeah this would have come as uh, quite a shock uh, i would have thought and um yeah lots of um lessons learned here i would imagine because um the natural instinct for people um probably is panic is, is to run <laughs> in all sorts of directions yeah, you know indeed yeah I, it's and it I, you know i, I mean like on the one hand i'm kind of hoping i never find myself in that situation you know where i find out uh, tony s is saying that uh, uh, you think all aircraft movements would be halted if there were passengers loose on the airfield and that that's a good point actually that is a good point you'd have thought that that would have been brought to a, brought to a standstill literally you know yeah of. miles high makes a good point actually people have been run over by the fire engines sometimes in oh, uh, crashes that was the uh, one at san francisco the um, really the triple seven oh i'll try to think of the airline now uh, refresh my memory. Asiana, yeah. that's it. Asiana yeah. Airlines triple seven. Yeah, that was. Um, uh, I think it was two people. Were, were, one one person was killed by a, a fire engine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, mm. I think it's one of those things where, as soon as you evacuate, you know, you you take note of what's been said by the crew and by the. Um, but also this this uh, what what you're saying there though. I mean, because this this evacuation did take place at an airport. So you'd have thought the first thing that they would have done is like you know shut down all move, movements because they they didn't there was no guarantee it wasn't going to like burst into flames or or anything like that you'd have thought the first thing they'd do was close the runway 
Mm. Mm. Perhaps I'm perhaps I'm misunderstanding something. It's entirely mm. plausible. <laughs> anyway, Matt, uh, you've got another interesting story actually about um, something we don't talk about all that often on the show, haven't you? Vo- vo- volo volocopters. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what this is. I, I will, let, let, let's find out together, shall we? It's it was uh, a, a CAE volocopter col- uh, collaborate on E VTOL. This is going to be horrendous. E T O L. You like an acronym, E-vo- don't you? E-vo- <laughs> Nev likes an acronym. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's E VTOL. I'm going to say VTOL. Yeah, E VTOL. I don't really know. And it's basically spelled Echo Evitol, I'll be right. Or as Laura Davies says in the chat room, yes, Velociraptors. Velociraptors. Yes, I like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that works. Yes. So uh, this is all about the Velociraptor. Then it's a collaborative uh, Evitol uh, pilot training. So Volocopter and Aviation Training Group CAE are partnering to develop, certify, and deploy a pilot training program to support the launch of commercial Evitol. Um, <laughs> operations in 2024 the company's announced today the agreement commits uh cae to invest up to forty thousand dollars what's that what on earth can i hear anyway uh oh oh, right okay sorry it was coming sorry it was coming through the talk back that confused me oh dear shall we give up on this story already uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, okay. As you were. So the agreement commits CAE to invest up to $40 million to meet Volocopter's projected demand for the eVTOL pilots in the early years of operations. The Canada-based group will deploy training, equipment and instructors through a global partnership with the initial training services expected to be provided outside Europe. Meanwhile, Germany-based Volocopter has agreed to purchase a simulator from CAE to be used in its pilots training program certification uh, according to the company this simulator will be developed specifically for eVTOL uh, aircraft operations and will be equipped to train pilots to fly any of Volocopter's in development vehicles including the two seat Volo City and the larger Volo Connect models uh, to, to develop simulators the overall training program uh, and the overall training program CAE says it will employ new technology including artificial intelligence, virtual reality, mixed reality and data analytics. Uh, The company will be responsible for developing all coursework for training volocopter pilots and will provide trainees with customised resources. Uh, Through its collaboration with CAE, Volocopter will continue to work with aviation regulators to establish experience requirements for pilots. The company indicated that it intends to recruit and train both experienced and new pilots so very exciting I, i'm not really sure what so i i feel like i've got to the end of this article and i still don't know what a what a volo- volocopter is uh volocopter is presumably the company isn't it if if i've is that correct somebody tell me so if a, a volo a volocopter if you can imagine like um uh imagine like imagine like a a, a, yeah. a, a small little helicopter like we see up at Beckles, up at Ella, which you might see in the air, like the little tiny one, the training one they use. And the volocopters uh, uh, can have like a, an array of rotors on top, small rotor blades, 
all the way around in like a circle. So it'd be like, um, say, four like small engines, four or four small electric engines, right? One in each corner. So rather than having one big black. Oh, I see. Yeah, around, yeah. Basically, like like a drone. So but ima- for, yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. like a like a big drone with a helicopter kind of un- slung underneath that kind of thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. I like the that's sound the of easiest, it. That's the easiest explanation of, of how I could say that that's like. But uh, Oh, I see. Hang on. I've, yeah. I'm just trying to... Um, oh, it's not going to work, is it? I was going to try and pop it up on the screen, but my computer is being an absolute... Actually, we had, a, we had an update in uh, on the Teams chat. Oh, have we? Uh, yes. From Armando. Oh, yes. And, uh, uh, is he all right? Say, yeah, he, they're having a, a rather heavy downpour where Armando is at the moment. Right, okay. Um, so um, <laughs> I think he's he's probably up to his knees in um, in, in rain water. Right, moment. okay, so, good, yeah, lovely. Hang on, I've got a little picture here because so we haven't got this. So this is essentially what we're talking about here is, what, is one of those. Is that, is there we that, go. Yeah, absolutely. That's one, that's a good Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. and that's the Volacity. That's one of the little, yeah, the ones they were talking about. It's basically just a massive drone, isn't it? It is, but like this story does say, though, when you um, when you're going to fly this, you are going to need to have a specific training to to be able to fly this. Yeah, because you know there's not millions of these in the air. Well, no, with, quite you know, indeed. Yeah, so it's going to be something that needs to be looked at. I think when it comes to training. Okay. So Nev, uh, we're going to Dubai Ooh. for this next story. I wish we were going to Dubai, uh, oh, yeah. but sadly <laughs> we're not. Uh, this is on the uh, IHAviationandTravel.com website. Uh, it says that Emirates simplifies arrivals and departures in Dubai with the launch of Airport Ease and Airport Ease Plus. Well, the UAE flag carrier Emirates has launched a new service that will allow Emirates Holidays customers to move more seamlessly through Dubai International Airport. Through its recently uh, introduced Airport Ease and Airport Ease Plus packages, travellers can now be treated to a VIP and hassle-free experience upon both arrival and departure, something which I didn't have the last time uh, I was there. Right. Carlos. Um, the smaller of the packages is Airport Ease, which starts from uh, 499 dirhams, which is £98 sterling. Uh, this is valid for two people and up to four bags. It includes a dedicated meet and greet before immigration, as well as a fast-tracked and personalised escort through the arrivals hall. Ooh. Furthermore, it includes... Uh, Emirates signature chauffeur drive service in a BMW 5 series for transportation to a hotel or home. The airline says we'll do all the uh, do the legwork on baggage handling and co- uh, collection. Meanwhile, the slightly more premium Airport Ease Plus package is available from 1199 dirhams, which is 235 pounds sterling. Uh, also valid for two people and up to four bags. The passengers are met at the arrival gate. They then receive a one-to-one escort and a dedicated fast track through immigration and security. The BMW 5 Series chauffeur service is available both to and from the airport, as is baggage collection and delivery to an address in Dubai. Uh, Ease Plus uh, also includes departure services. Emirates Holidays customers can then check in from a home or hotel anywhere in Dubai, complete all the formalities and have their luggage transferred to the airport. 
Uh, this means that they may head directly to immigration and bypass any check-in related queues. It also includes the use of the Mahaba Lounge at Dubai International Airport. Uh, speaking of lounges, Emirates also announced this week it will be reopening its dedicated first-class lounge uh, in Dubai International Airport for the first time since March 2020. So that's good stuff. Just to let you know as well that those package prices that I mentioned are introductory prices only for the month of July. Uh, after that, they'll be uh, 529 and 1,249 dirhams for the ease and ease. What's, the, what's that in sterling, roughly? Uh, well, uh, it's going to be around about, um, well, the introductory price is £98. 499 dirhams and the um, uh, e uh, Ease Plus is 1,199 dirhams, which is 235 pounds. So, but when it goes to its like full prices, I mean, what, what is that going to be roughly in about 240? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's probably, yeah, I mean, it's frankly speaking, it's not a massive saving, but um, yeah, it's, it's probably around about 150, 250 pounds. But it seems like quite a cool service, do you know? I mean, it doesn't yeah. sound like a lot of money for that service, if you see what I mean. So, you know, that whole door, yeah, 245 pounds, I'm being told in, in my year, but for mm. the, like for that that door-to-door -door where, you know, they come and collect your cases, take it away from you, and you know, all that kind of thing. I mean, if you were if you were paying for that, like you know, it doesn't seem like I don't know. Perhaps I'm missing something, but it doesn't seem like that much money. I I feel like no, I if, if you were going to invest in in, in a yeah. in a, a first class ticket, then that doesn't seem like a lot of money. If you're playing, paying the premium service, you might as well go the whole hog and um, you know do that as well. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. I mean, would I mean have, have you ever flown with uh, Emirates? Nev, I know you're a BA guy. Uh, let me think. Yes, I did once on the way back from. Uh, now was it on the way? No, it was on the way to Dubai. Um, gosh, uh, nineteen. Let me think. Uh -oh. uh, sorry, uh, two thousand and. Oh. Six, I think it was to a show there. So yes, that okay. was an Emirates A three thirty. I think it was then. Um, oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, but very nice um, flight. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, me and John were talking about this uh, last night in the production meeting, and uh, we're saying how if you, you know, we can't not all, yeah, you know, we can't all afford business fares uh, with airlines such as Emirates. This is a few thousand pounds and then some. But if you can have that kind of level of service before you head to your economy seat, but still have that, you know, fast track and the chauffeur service and all the other add-ons that the business class uh, fare gets, I think it's quite a nice touch before you go on your on your holidays. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Especially as I say, if you're treating treating yourself to business class yeah. or first class, I feel like that's a nice sort of. Like a, a real treat, you know. This is the thing. Oh, apparently you get them in business mm. and first anyway. So even just as in, in um, yeah. you know, sort of in, in economy class. I and, suppose and plus, it's don't forget as well. None of us like queues. So if you can True. fast track the security in the queues. True that. It's worth every penny. Yeah, true that, true that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to the next story now. And uh, this one, the headline is FAA proposes $119,000 uh, 
in additional fines as unruly behaviour on flights skyrockets. Hmm. Uh, so the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, is levying nine airline passengers with potential fines totaling $119,000 as reports of unruly behaviour on flights continues to skyrocket. The nine individual fines, ranging from $7,500 to $21,500, were proposed by the FAA after the passengers allegedly interfered with flight attendants who instructed passengers to obey cabin crew instructions and various federal regulations the faa said in a statement on tuesday the pay the the passengers were accused of assaulting the flight crew and other passengers drinking alcohol that was brought on board the plane and refusing to wear face masks the faa said uh, in one reported case an alaska airlines passenger even called 991 the sorry 911 as the passenger that was sorry that was a, that was a british thing i nearly said 999 there uh, as the plane was about to depart from seattle to um to alaska on january the 23rd saying that the uh, aircraft was being hijacked according to the FAA. Now that's not funny however you dress that up. Uh, during the call the passenger allegedly told the 911 dispatcher that one of the flight attendants was being held at knife point near the front of the plane and repeatedly asked the dispatcher to stop the flight according to the wow. FAA. Uh, then while at the cargo ramp the passenger called the FBI and made mention of a bomb forcing the aircraft to be taken out of service and screened for bombs according to the FAA. All of the passengers and crew members also underwent additional screening as a result of the passengers' comments, they said. Uh, These behaviours are considered violations of federal regulations under the FAA zero-tolerance policy. The policy was adopted in January after the agency saw a disturbing increase in incidents where airline passengers have disrupted flights with threatening or violent behaviour, the FAA said since the 1st of january the faa received 3271 reports of unruly behavior around 2475 of which were reports of passengers refusing to wear masks masks according to the federal officials are still required on planes buses trains and other forms of public transportation traveling into within or out of the united states they are also required in transportation hubs such as airports as well as train and bus stations according to the faa and the transport security administration to date the agency has identified over 500 potential violations and initiated enforcement action in 83 cases in total the the FAA has proposed more than $682,000 worth of fines against unruly passengers. Um, I mean, this is, I find this a really disturbing story almost. I mean, half of me is thinking, how on earth did that guy have the FBI's telephone number in his phone in the first place? Um, that That's an interest. I mean, I assume that's not something you, you, you can't just phone the FBI, can you? I don't know. This is where I wish we had our well, Monday because sure you might be able they, to answer those. a central qu- number that you could call, but um, yeah, yeah. That's, it's a- abnormal, isn't it? You've yes. <laughs> I suspect he Googled it. <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yeah. I wonder when people are going to stop. I mean, un- unruly passengers on planes, planes are not a new phenomenon, are they? And, no, they're not. 
I, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the UK where we're talking about relaxing some of the restrictions on mask wearing uh, later in July and mm. that it will be it may become optional in in some cases. But I'm sure uh, that the airlines will want to enforce their own rules because you're flying on their equipment mm. and therefore it's their train set. So you'll do as you're told. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, that there's going to be more instances of, of this kind of thing. And I, that, do you know, Nev, that's an absolutely brilliant analogy. So uh, Rakon is saying a trapdoor into the cargo uh, department uh, could be standard. I think that's an excellent idea. Um, but actually, that's an, that's an excellent analogy, to be fair, Nev. You know, that you say it's Essentially, you know, this is the airline's train set, for want of a better word. And it's just like, regardless of your personal feelings, if the airline who own the aircraft and are going to be taking you from A to B say you must wear a face mask, I literally do not understand why anybody would say, but I don't want to. Because it's like, well, those are the rules. You know, and I understand until recently, obviously, we didn't have to do that. And, you know, but there is also something like... Uh, although I'm beginning to wonder if our, our own government has sort of forgotten about it, but we do actually appear to be in some kind of pandemic at the moment. Uh, okay. yes. <laughs> uh, I had heard rumours to that effect. Um, but um, I must admit, I'm, and I, I don't want to be political here, but I must admit I am finding it very unnerving, the fact that essentially when we get to is it the 19th of July here in the UK, we're essentially... Um, that's it no masks are required or anything like that i i I do find that very surprising i i'm excited about the lifting of of restrictions but at the same time i'm a little bit surprised that we don't you know i'm all i suppose there's nothing to stop me from wearing a mask if i want to actually to be fair i think think a lot of people will will continue Mm. to, to do just that um, so, yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that at all. Mm. But I think just to, to pick up on your point, I think the government is probably trying to do something during the summer where the risks are slightly True. less before True. we get into a winter situation. Yeah. And, of course, also yeah. they're talking about having a possible flu problem as well because we've yeah. been you know not not exposed to that at all no because we've, we've literally been living in our own little bubbles haven't we so uh, yeah, yes but, so nonetheless when you get on an aircraft do as you're told absolutely that's, that, that's the rules of the engagement isn't it I, I literally and i don't i literally don't understand why why it's an issue is it <laughs> uh tony's saying that why don't uh, they stop serving alcohol especially in these times when things are really difficult i completely agree with you there um i i, I mean don't get me, i mean this is the thing oh, oh sorry a miles high is saying i've been on a jet at thirty-nine thousand feet uh and watched a drunk in enraged passenger attempt to open a door until he was beaten down wow yeah good luck we, with we that one succeeded with yeah. that anyway because of the uh, differential pressure but uh, nonetheless for those people that, that don't know about that well yeah it, uh, that, that is an alarming sight isn't and it? it would scare the living bejesus out of me there's no yeah. two ways about that that, that that would absolutely Never used to get this in the days of Dan Eyre and uh, Freddie Laker, Nev. Ah, yes, no. (laughs) I agree. And uh, I I think the problem is is that there is an alcohol issue sometimes, or or maybe people are on some, uh, you know, prescribed drugs uh, uh, and, you know, there's a problem with that or they've mixed it with alcohol or something like that. But I, I feel sorry for the, the flight crew all Absolutely. the time, the, the cabin crew specifically, uh, that have to deal with these situations. It's pr- it must be pretty unpleasant. Yeah. And you can't plan for every situation. No, no, you can't. You can't. And this is the thing. And I think going back to your point of like Dan Air and stuff, though, Carlos, I think you know, you're talking about a time back then where uh, flying was a privilege. 
And oh, I, yeah, I think we're, so. I think we're in a, you know, it, it is in, in one way it's great because you know flying is now considered one of life's necessities uh, to be able to do the things that you want to do. But I, I do think a lot of people have forgotten, um, you know, that that flying should manners. still be, yeah, manners, manners. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you know, flying without uh, wearing a tie should be a, <laughs> a, an offence for gentlemen. Exactly. Like they should be immediately. Right. Okay. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I think we should move on oh, to the next story. Um, so, uh, yeah, slightly out of order, I think, Carlos, if you're aware. Yeah, so the next story comes to us from the AINonline.com, and uh, this is about an aircraft that uh, our missing member of the team uh, actually flies. Uh, the Pilatus um, have refined PC-24 with new cabin and avionics features, and I've got to say, it looks blooming nice. Uh, Pilatus Aircraft has announced a slew of new cabin and avionics features for its PC-24 twin jet based on customer feedback, which is a really good idea, I must say, for manufacturers. Uh, for more than 50,000 hours of fleet operations, PC-24s coming off the production line going forward will include these features. Many, uh, while can be retrofitted to in-service planes, uh, the Swiss aircraft manufacturer has said. So in the cabin, new lie flat seats provide more comfort, uh, more innovative uh, and uh, controls, lightweight uh, controls in addition to quick release mechanisms. Uh, to facil- uh, facilitate, blimey, this beer is rum stuff, uh, rapid seating configuration changes in lieu of the standard forward left-hand coat closet. Operators may now opt for a galley with a microwave oven, coffee espresso maker, always a good one, uh, work surface with ice storage and or capacity for standard catering units. Uh, but the bulk of the new features are on the flight deck and were developed in partnership with Honeywell. Uh, to start, a touchscreen controller is now standard, replacing the previous multifunction controllers. Meanwhile, the PC-24's flight control system now incorporates tactile feedback in both roll and pitch to prevent unintended, unusual attitudes. This includes automatic roll limit and overspeed protection, even with the autopilot turned off. Uh, this can be manually overridden by the pilot with a quick disconnect button. Uh, the standard auto throttle system also now includes automatic under and overspeed protection as well as refined FADEC software to reduce power oscillations in cruise and descent. Uh, a new automatic yaw trim function further reduces flight crew's workload during departure and climb by holding the aircraft to zero side slip. Uh, if one engine is an operative or a large thrust asymmetry exists, the automatic yaw trim will attempt to maintain approximately one half of a trapezoid indicated side slip. The new pilot defined visual approach function allows the pilot to set up an autopilot and auto throttle coupled visual approach to any runway, as well as precisely track a left hand and right hand or straight in pattern down the runway threshold. According to Pilatus, this feature increases safety at uncontrolled airfields uh, by allowing the pilot to keep fo- uh, his attention focused outside the aircraft to look for other air, uh, traffic. Among the new avionics features on the PC-24 are Honeywell's smart runway and smart landing advisory functions, which enhance safety and reduce pilot workload. Also available are VHF data link with APHIS and ACARS, uh, graphical weather uh, Cirrus XM satellite graphical weather, FMS for takeoff and landing data, 
uh, TOLD or TOLD. Uh, CPDL cover the FANS 1 and A plus network. KMA 29 Alpha Bluetooth 3D audio panel with record and playback functions. And Honeywell uh, RDR 7000 weather radar with predictive hail and lightning functions. Ideal for Armando in his current situation. <laughs> uh, in addition, Pilatus recently certified and began offering the True Blue Power lithium iron batteries, which provide an £84 reduction in empty weight. And the, wow. th- and the thing I love about this show here is whilst we whilst you've been reading out that out, this picture's just been sent in by Jonathan Warner, which is the Swiss Air Force um, variant, obviously of which, presumably, given what you were reading there, these these upgrades could be easily added to. Mm, yes, uh, they can add them to the the older version. Yeah, uh, the the new ones coming off the production line will be fitted with all these uh, all the bells and whistles on here. But um, some great, uh, it, I'll tell you what, it's really it's really good. To, to hear a manufacturer listen to feedback from from pilots in, as to what they want on the flight deck. So um, also yeah. the these smaller jets have got incredible capability to get in and out of uh, smaller airports mm. or uh, airports that have uh, low visibility. Uh, and the number of pilot aids in, in the aircraft is absolutely incredible. It, it uh, must make uh, their lives a lot easier uh, if you're not flying in and out of you know big international airports all the time for example so uh, yeah f- phenomenal uh, level of tech in the cockpit there actually i think john uh, our producer john has put in the chat room that uh, without all the trims and the bell bells and trimmings and whistles and stuff and bits and bobs 11 million dollars oh cheap then not not bad yeah, yeah. Not bad. i'll have two of those then please yeah you know What's that? That'll be uh, that'll be a substantial Euro Millions win, I think. <laughs> I think it'll be a bit yeah, more than I that. I would want all the bells and whistles, though. Well, yeah, for that, yeah, for those yeah. kind of prices, not yeah, absolutely. Do, you, do you not think, oh, guys, this has been mentioned on, on a few shows before, on flight decks of, say, Airbuses, because um, I think they have them on there as well, but do you not think that touchscreens can be a bit, especially on the flight deck with the glare and stuff from coming through the windows, touchscreens could be a bit annoying after a, a greasy flight? As yeah, there's plenty of pictures, aren't there, of, of uh, displays, um, even that aren't touchscreen, actually, which with just pilots pointing at things, and, of course, you get greasy marks all over it. I, I'm not sure that anyone's really conquered that properly because mm. there's not much you can do about it, unfortunately. Um, but, um, it, I mean, it's all about the interface with the aircraft, isn't it? And, and the, the, the touchscreen, as we know it, is just a fundamental part of, of what we do with things now, isn't it? It's is it not something... A, a, something with, with proper buttons on it. I was going to say, Myla's literally just said, said in the chat room here what was literally popping into my head there. Surely this isn't very COVID-proof. Oh, I, I think yeah. in, in the current circumstances they have to do... I would imagine they do a lot of cleaning of the aircraft uh-huh. uh, after every sector. Yeah, true. Thought, having said all that, you know, of course... Um, when this air, when this was all designed, uh, there was no such thing as COVID nineteen. And Richard Adams' point makes a very good point. He does absolutely. Uh, yeah. Touch screens often tricky in turbulence because obviously when you're Bouncing trying around, to yeah. touch the screen and your hand is giving it all this, you know, um, you could push the wrong button. So it's, very, it's a very technical analysis there, Carlos. Mm. <laughs> and I'm pleased to say that 
joining us back again after what was a rather heavy downpour oh, and storm. Uh, they do have touchscreens in the uh, in the Dragon Crew, uh, the, the Crew Dragon apparently as well. The space Armando, thing, yeah. welcome back. Oh, I am back. The party, the hurricane party, has already started. Uh, everybody is safe. Only a couple of buildings got torn down. Some trees. It's fine. <laughs> Another, <laughs> another Friday afternoon in North Carolina. Yes, touchscreens are terrible. Uh, we uh, uh, we have on our on our uh, G one thousand, which are not technically touchscreens. They're actually just uh, buttons, soft keys along the sides, along the bezel. And even then, we have placards on the aircraft that say "Do not touch the screen" uh, because it requires a special cleaning rag and. Uh, Yes, in in turbulence, touchscreens are terrible. However, some of these systems, like uh, like uh, the Honeywell systems, Garmin systems, they'll still have some basic functionality with either a uh, a soft key setup along the sides or okay. a controller in the middle. So I know the Honeywell systems, you, you can have a touchscreen, but it actually has uh, in the pedestal between the pilots. There's a there's a keyboard with a trackball uh, oh, type okay. thing. So there's usually some kind of redundant system built into it. It's not it's not great when you're getting bumped around, but most of these jets are, you know, they're at thirty eight thousand feet, thirty six thousand feet. They're above the weather, and it's you know, it's yeah. pretty good for eighty percent of your flying. Like it, yeah. So uh, yes, uh, yeah. are you uh, ready to go with our next story, Armando? So, so we're going to go over to uh, the FAA. Now, this comes from the article was put out by EAA, uh, who has a, a dog in this fight. But on Thursday or this last Thursday, the FAA released a yet to be published policy addressing the issue of training and compensation for hire in experimental, primary and limited category aircraft. So this this uh, policy follows up on a letter from the agency last month that asserted that without exception, no one, no compensated flight training can take place in these aircraft categories without an exemption or a letter of deviation uh, authority from the FAA. Now, that that uh, policy, th- this was actually done by a court that may not have been so well-versed in aviation, but that had some tremendous impacts throughout the in- industry because the FAA's position came out that any instructor operating an aircraft, regardless of who owns it or, or otherwise operates it, um, is being compensated that aircraft is being used for hire. Um, therefore, paying an instructor uh, that's providing training violated the language that was interpreted in uh, in uh, Part 91 for uh, th- Part 91.315 for limited categories, 0.319 for experimentals, and then for primary aircraft, 0.325. Uh, those are the sections. So, why this is important, um, so I owned an experimental aircraft, right? A Lancer is an experimental, so it's glass airs, many, many, many experimental amateur-built aircraft out there. And I could not use that aircraft for hire. I, it was something that I knew going into it. Um, where this ruling and interpretation really came out is, is because of the mishaps that have happened recently with the Warbirds. So the B-17 crash in Massachusetts uh, a couple years ago now, this, the, there was a DC-3 or C-47 that crashed down in Texas. Um, some of your, your fighter-type warbirds. The organizations are using the revenue from those rides to maintain those aircraft. 
in an educational capacity. These are nonprofit organizations. The FAA came down and said, you can no longer uh, operate those airplanes for hire. So what they, what they did, it was just a a blanket uh, fire blanket (laughs) over special airworthiness certificates, which inadvertently included the warbirds, which are limited, the, uh, uh, She's experimental, which is just a whole type of airplanes, and then a restricted category airplane, which are like your fire bombers, your um, weather con- weather control, aerial advertising, so like uh, banner towers and all that stuff. And it and it was just this one court ruling that really just went across. Max Trescott did a great a great little segment on it, but it just had uh, this ripple effect across the industry. Um, why this is important is that they're kind of backtracking on it and kind of clarifying that everybody relax for the time being, get your letter of deviation uh, authority from the FAA, but, uh, but we're taking a look at it because um, yeah, this, uh, this would, this would have put all flight instructors and basically anybody that's exchanging either money or goods for, for flying, it would have put them into the, an air carrier, like a part 135 certificate, which the paperwork to get a part 135 certificate is, is terrible. It takes years and takes a lot of money and your average flight school can't do that. So that's why, that's why this was in there. Um, if this affects you or affects you, uh, go over to EAA.org. Uh, they have a, a really good story on it, or you can just follow all the stories on uh, coming out from the FAA about those rooms. So. Very cool. It's a, uh, it's a very detailed um, uh, story, really, isn't it? It's. I mean, do you do you think um, it's going to have a, a major uh, impact uh, on this particular aircraft? Um, so it was going to have a significant impact on basically experimental amateur built aircraft, right? Um, experimental exhibition aircraft. Uh, it uh, everybody was basically just going to have to come to a halt which is really, really dangerous because you want training in a, in a high-performance aircraft like this, whether it's limited or, or experimental. Um, and this was going to put a kibosh on all that. So, that, yeah. It, this doesn't affect your, your standard airworthiness certificates, right. which is like your Cessnas, Pipers, okay. airliners. All of that stuff has a standard and either normal or utility uh, airworthiness certificate. But, uh, okay. This is for a very unique... But that's it's big here in the U.S. Well, yeah, in the U.S. But, and also, I mean, again, well, I guess where I'm going with this because it make you know, where you think at a time where there's a lot of very experimental experimental aircraft going out there. I mean, we're you know, only earlier in the show we we're talking about you know the electric revolution. Um, you know, I mean, there, it, it, is this potentially um, gonna you know put a, a a bosh on on testing in the U.S. with th- that sort of aircraft? Yes, this would have affected that ruling would have affected those aircraft because currently they're either experimental or restricted uh, until they until the FAA figures out its process to issue a standard airworthiness certificate for an eVTOL. Mm. Uh, all of those aircraft fall under this category. So if you wow. wanted to go out and buy one, uh, it would have legally dubious to get training or use it for hire. Wow. Okay, well, let's hope they get that all ironed out very soon, I think, then. Uh, I think we're staying with you for the next story, Armando. 
Okay, so I believe we're going to C10. This is Oshkosh related, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. Love a bit so, of Oshkosh. Um, so uh, I love talking about Oshkosh. It's now just a few weeks away. Uh, humanitarian aircraft and their missions are going to be highlighted uh, this year at Oshkosh 2021. Now, we've already talked about Air Force Special Operations being highlighted. Actually, there was a really cool video put out by by uh, the Air Force uh, this week. But uh, this year, Oshkosh is going to host a special attraction this year that's going to highlight these humanitarian aircraft that focus on providing medical and relief assistance to those in need around the world. Uh, the aircraft and organizations are among those that will be part of a salute to humanitarian aviation during this flying convention uh, from July 26th to August 1st up, up in Oshkosh. So put some of the aircraft that are going to come out, some of these have visited before. They're really cool airplanes. So the Orbis Flying Eye Hospital this is an MD-10 uh, or DC-10. Technically, it's an MD-10 that travels around the world to provide eye care, uh, such as uh, cataract surgeries and glaucoma treatments to local hospitals and countries that have limited or non-existent access. This is inside the airplane that they do this. The Samaritan's Purse DC-8, beautiful classic airplane. This is uh, the flagship airplane of this organization that delivers tons and tons of food, medicine, supplies uh, to aid to victims of, uh, of war, natural disasters, and other emergencies. The UPS 747-8 uh, freighter. Uh, this aircraft was uh, in Oshkosh, I believe, in 2019. And uh, we all took a tour. I know Captain Al was there, and Jeff and Nick. We 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 took a tour. It's just a, a massive, massive airplane. But that particular airplane delivered uh, over 400 million COVID nineteen vaccines and tons and tons of personal protective equipment uh, to to fight the pandemic. Uh, the Cessna two hundred eight Caravan, that's a workhorse airplane. The remote area medical organizations aircraft has uh, three pop-up medical clinics in it, in a caravan, which is pretty cool. And then, of course, the uh, the Air Force's C-17 aircraft, which actually has a negatively pressurized connex. It's a shipping container with windows on it, has uh, pressurized air in it to make sure that uh, if you have a really, really contagious virus. I think we did some stories on this uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember, you remember the plastic sheeting inside the airplane and all that. Uh, so they're going to be featuring that aircraft at Oshkosh this year, uh, you know, and it's especially important, important coming out of the pandemic. So if you're going to be at Oshkosh, some more cool airplanes to go check out. And uh, actually, just mentioning, uh, we did uh, a piece back in 2017, would you believe, on the Orbis Eye Hospital episode 197, if anybody wants to yeah, had a good take a look at that. that. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the day. Mm. Yeah, Where was that? Super, Can you remember? Where was that? That was when I went to. That was my first trip Dubai. to Dubai Air Show. Oh, okay, and cool. I, I had a. I was lucky enough to get uh, get on the tour of the Ibis Flying Eye Hospital and uh, had a had a really good look around all the operating theatres and uh, so cool. all the, the running of the aircraft. It was very good. So cool, indeed. Well, there we go. Right. So Nev, uh, you've got um, you've got the last story and. It's definitely an interesting one. Yes. Now, I'm slightly confused. Uh, it's on simpleflying.com. Headline says, Zimbabwean uh, low-cost carrier FastJet starts ticket sales in chicken restaurants. Now, I didn't know <laughs> that chickens had their own restaurants. Right. Good point. To, yes. Uh, to read on uh, <laughs> to find out more about this. Um, it says, oh, Zimbabwean no. low-cost airline FastJet has partnered with Zimbisa Brands to allow its customers to purchase tickets at chicken-in restaurants across Zimbabwe. 
before visiting the restaurant to pay for your ticket, you must first visit FastJet's website or any FastJet shop or airport office. Next, you must select which currency you wish to use, you wish to, use to pay for the ticket, while remembering that payments for FastJet Jet tickets can only be in US dollars or Zimbabwe dollars. Uh, once you've selected your booking, you'll be given a confirmation number. Please note that this number, uh, please note this number, as you will need it to purchase your ticket at any of the 72 chicken in restaurants across <laughs> Zimbabwe. When paying for your tickets at a chicken in, you'll need to provide the cashier with your booking confirmation number, your surname, and the currency you selected for payment. Once you have paid for your ticket, uh, you'll receive a receipt from Chicken Inn and receive an email with a new booking number. This will serve as proof that you have paid for your ticket. Uh, when a reporter from Zimbabwe's largest newspaper, The Herald, asked FastJet about the deal with Simbisa Brands, an airline spokesman said, We are adding more choice to the FastJet flight booking cycle. Our objective is to provide our customers with convenient payment options to secure their FastJet flight bookings. Uh, Chicken Inn's wide restaurant network makes them well positioned to reach various customer segments across Zimbabwe. The partnership, sp partnership speaks on our values of flexibility and choice. I have so many questions. There are articles that I read out. <laughs> And I try to get with the, you know, keep with the program. Yes, clearly. Yes, of course. But th there are a lot of questions. Th there are. There are probably no answers <laughs> um, available either. I mean, I, I just, I mean, first of all, let's be honest. Uh, it ain't no KFC, is it? And that's essentially what we're talking about here. I mean, can you can you ever imagine? Uh, let, let's talk. Is this not finger licking good? Quite, Mark. I completely agree. Uh, there is. Uh, can you imagine a scenario, Nev, where, for example, so let, I mean, this is the, is this the Zimbabwean Zimbabwean um, flag carrier, for want of a better word, this particular. It's a low cost, low cost carrier. It's a low cost one. Okay. All right. So let, let you know. It, it, it's a bit like it's a bit like Ryanair selling their tickets at KFC. Well, you see, now, now, now you put it like that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually thinking that there, there is a possible market for this now. Right. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, the thing is that people have got, to, I mean, let's face it, with the flying business uh, being completely devastated over the last few months, people have got to look for new and innovative and easy ways for people to do stuff haven't they um so this may be one of those extraordinary market marketing strategies that turns out to be an absolute winner <laughs> uh micah says that it's just a foul fact, you could story say winner winner it, chicken dinner. oh dear. Uh, <laughs> oh dear i mean <laughs> i get what you're saying nev um but <laughs> oh um oh nice uh, richard adams is saying uh, do you want flies with that um uh, no okay no nobody uh, uh <laughs> laura davis is saying why did the chicken cross the road to buy a fast check ticket a ticket apparently uh which is a good point <laughs> i mean somebody, the, I mean, somebody it, in the chat room can double check me but i i believe that that logo said love that chicken I it did it's already taken that's that's taken by popeye's <laughs> chicken here in the u.s but hey Ooh. what are you gonna do 
I mean, is it a franchise? I mean, does the logo look vaguely familiar to the... <laughs> it's certainly not anything we have here. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it is Love That Chicken. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's it's, but it, it ain't finger licking good, as we were, were discussing earlier. So yeah. uh, uh, I, I love the, Micah's. This is just a foul story. It is a foul story. I agree and try, try reading Miles High's, uh, Miles High's comment uh, after drinking a few pints of beer. <laughs> Come on, just <laughs> come on, try it, Matt. Uh, uh, oh, oh dear. Right, okay. Thanks, Miles. Hi. This the, 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 we could get taken off air, air for this. Uh, a, uh, oh, a buck off a bucket of cluck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a that was a risky game, wasn't it? It's a tongue twister. <laughs> Trying to get us taken. Look, we, you know, we've already survived one copyright strike oh, this week. Let's dear. let's not get sued for uh, bad language, shall we? Wow, okay, so there we go. It's. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally don't know what to say to that story. I really don't know. <laughs> well, can I, can I just point out? Can I just point out that it wasn't me, Matt, Nev, or Armando who found that story. It was our producer, John. Right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, all, so there we go. I mean, all, jo- all, jo- all jokes aside, though, I suppose it, it's one of those. You look, you look at the, bit, the 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 picture here. You think, well, in a time where you know, as Nev was saying, the aviation industry has essentially been completely decimated by what's been going on. Um, you know. <sighs> Is it a very sensible cost? I mean, I, I don't know if I'd tie myself up with a, a chicken restaurant, but, uh, you know, you could sort of <laughs> understand why you might... I mean, I suppose, you know, you used to be able to would you, buy... Would you rather a kebab? Um, no, I, you know, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, uh, Chan's restaurant selling tickets for Logan Air, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit sort of, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things, isn't it? I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's, it's an interesting sort of... It's not as I don't know if I'd tie myself with a chicken restaurant, but I can see why, you know, where oh, I'm just I'm hungry now. I'm hungry well, well, now. No, where I'm going with this is, is like loads of people have, um, you know, you used to be able to buy airplane tickets from a travel agent. I mean, technically, that's no different. If you see what I mean, because the payment is still taken by the travel agent and then just passed on to, you know, the the um, the, the airline directly. So I guess it's just a an extension of that. But you'd sort of, you know, you you think you'd like go into a WH Smiths or the equivalent thereof to purchase your ticket rather than, you know, I'll, I'll buy one air t- airplane ticket and I'll have a bucket of chicken, please. I mean, it just doesn't sort of... The, the puns <laughs> and quotes are just coming Are they? Right, the okay. Room. Yeah, I think Okay, should, indulge uh, me, please, because I can't see the chat. Oh, room. blimey, I... There's a, there's a lot of clucking and plucking going okay, on. All right. A clucking good deal, if you ask me, says Laura. That's very good. Uh- <laughs> Rakon says, want to fly to China? You know where to buy your ticket. Okay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on the subject of catching Cotton's oh, competitions... Oh, <laughs> Micah, does, Micah makes a good point, actually. Uh, uh, couldn't sell them at subways. You might end up on the train. Oh, I see. Right, yes. Okay, that could cause unnecessary confusion. Yeah. I will give you that. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Well, uh, welcome to our London studios. Uh, welcome to the A320 Lounge uh, webinar uh, tech presentation, um, obviously for the 320 series. Welcome to the Year 320 and 737 Lounge, bringing technical refresher courses directly to you. Using our cutting-edge broadcasting facilities, enjoy a fully interactive technical refresher course from the comfort of your own home. 
All of our webinars are live and you can ask your instructor a question at any point during the day. All of our instructors are highly experienced and can help you. No more expensive nights away from home, no new software required, just an internet connection. Courses are run at regular intervals, so check out A320Lounge and 737lounge.com for more details. And welcome back. So we have got uh, the next part of the show lined up, ready. Hopefully, Matt's got it in the uh, in the. Big I computer. have, I have, and uh, as you know, each week on our Facebook page, for those of you who follow, hopefully, those of you who are on the Book of Face will follow us, and we run a little caption this uh, just for fun each week, where we put a picture up on Facebook, and we ask you guys and girls to give us your funniest and wittiest comment on said <laughs> picture so uh, if matt pops up the uh, picture for this week on the screen there we go that's and, quite a set um, of tires There's armando no uh armando you're probably best person to comment on what the aircraft is and uh, what kind of tires because uh, I, I think these are bigger than tundra tires i think it, it certainly had a modification hasn't it <laughs> yeah i think the i think the backcountry cowboys are taking this <laughs> to a whole new level uh this appears to be what is a uh, Piper Cub or something similar to it. Uh, very classic little airplane on some rugged terrain. I'm I'm guessing New Mexico, Colorado. <laughs> but I think the wheels, the tires, are straight off of uh, Grave Gravedigger. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember Monster yeah, Trucks? Yeah, Monster Trucks. Yeah, yeah Monster Trucks. I remember yeah, Monster so Trucks. Yeah. I think the. The airplane is probably oh, eight feet high, and the tires, the, the, the two mains are maybe twelve feet tall, with a with a nice uh, tailwheel off of a DC three or something in the back. <laughs> it's it's so what, it's, what, it's what quite the image. What, yeah. What are, what are some of the creativity? I would uh, love. I'd love to that. see this this aircraft in action. Um, right. Okay. I mean, I don't know if it'd be a get off the ground because of the weight involved. I think to be fair. Well, Tony but, uh, S has actually solved that problem. Um, right. They're filled with helium. Right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. That's that's, that's a solution. Yeah. Uh, um, so we've had uh, we've had some good com- <laughs> great comments in as well this uh, this week as always. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Jenny who says these boots are made for walking. Nice, nice mm. indeed. Uh, we've got Jeffrey who says you can uh, you can stop on a dime. I can stop on a car. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dirk says, write about what you need for publicity operated airport runways these days. Yeah, <laughs> very publicly. Right. Sorry, I messed yeah. that up. For publicly operated airport <laughs> runways. I'll tell you what, you'd laugh. You could have, before the runway at uh, Ella was resurfaced recently. You 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 could have done with that, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. Uh, Armando, you want to take uh, next? Uh, one? He's not able Let's to. See, so, oh right, no, I, I got oh, it up. Would work it. So okay. uh, James says, uh, gear down three green, altitude fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt says, oh, "This is lovely. I love this one." Matt says, uh, "Not not our Matt. This is uh, no Matt. No, it's a bit too says, technical uh, for me." Yeah. When you're tired of reading notams, a very appropriate, especially tired. what we're Yes, you know, yes, indeed, yes. spelt spelt a certain way. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Bob says, uh, "Piper swamp buggy." I think that's the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Nev, what uh, have we got? Andy says, "Wheelie good picture." That I see. Uh... Right. <laughs> Oh, R- Richard says, this is great. An air tractor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and uh, Dari uh, makes a good point here. No danger of flipping over. Well, no, quite. I, th- <laughs> I, think, you're, I think you're in fairly safe hands there. Or that. Any, anything come in on the chat room? Uh, Richard Adam... <laughs> oh, sorry, Lee Davies actually says, uh, Runways... Who needs a runway? Good point. Yeah, Very good, good point. point. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Richard Adams, uh, truck cycle gear. <laughs> says, yeah, yeah. I like that one. I like that one. Yes, uh, uh, John, our producer John, says, you know what they say about big tyres? Right. Small feet. Mm, small small yeah. runways. Small, small runways. runways, yes. Small runways. <laughs> I see what you yes. did there. Yeah, small runways, definitely. Uh, so thank you to everyone who took part uh, in this week's caption list. Don't forget, mm. we'll be putting another picture on our Facebook page next Wednesday. Uh, so if you don't already follow us on Facebook, make sure you go over and give us a like and a follow on Facebook. Just search for us, Plain Talking uh, UK Podcast. So look for us on there. Indeed. So we're going to hand things over to hopefully... Armando, who will not get blown away by a hurricane or tornado, <laughs> and will uh, take over the next part of the show. Yeah, guys, I'm looking up at the skies. They are incredibly gray still, which inspires me. Let's go talk gray. <laughs> Matt, hit the button. <laughs> that Nev immediately ran away. <laughs> Literally, the, uh, the, as soon as I said gray, he <laughs> fell out of his chair, rolled out of his uh, his studio, and, and now he's gone. Oh, um, hey, listen, so I'm glad we do the news because this was a good one. I actually learned something new on this. And uh, so I self-educated here. This is from the drive.com talking about the State Department's new Black Hawk helicopters in Afghanistan and how they could prove especially important after the U.S. troop withdrawal. So some of the newest additions to the U.S. State Department's air wing are ex-U.S. Army Black Hawk helicopters of various types that are now flying in Afghanistan. Though uh, the department, the uh, State Department, has been conducting a variety of aviation operations there for more than than a decade now. But these uh, new Black Hawks are providing support to the U.S. Embassy in Kabul, Now, this is a mission that could have been even more important or could be even more important in the coming months and weeks as the uh, final withdrawal of the American military forces from the country continues to move ahead at a uh, increased uh, pace. And the security situation continues to be a little tenuous. Um, So the the president's the, the president, the presence of the State Department Blackhawks in Afghanistan uh, they have a very unique paint scheme, and Matt's going to pop up the pictures here. It's a blue over gray uh, paint scheme with a red uh, line across the center of the suit fuselage. That was actually highlighted back in April when U.S. Uh, Secretary of State at the time, Anthony Blinken, traveled to Afghanistan. Um, that Those are the wrong uh, pictures, Matt. So I think we're going to go to uh, the, other, the other story with the helicopters. And... Uh, Let's see, These uh, at least three of these helicopters were used during that mission. Uh, if you're interested, the, the tail numbers were uh, November 3-5 Whiskey November, 3-6 Lima November, and 7-7-1 Whiskey Charlie. They're all different uh, variants of the HH-60. In, in Army service, the 60s have been steadily replaced by newer HH-60 uh, Mike models, which are uh, primarily configured for casualty evacuation missions. Uh, these are kind of distinguishable from the UH-60 utility variants because they have a, a like a duck bill, like little sponson on their nose. Uh, it's, it's got a 
sensor turret and some uh, terrain following radar type stuff. But uh, anyway, so these uh, State Department helicopters, pretty cool looking. They're, I think, going to be very, very important in the coming months uh, to shuttle as the, as the military departs and the State Department really takes on a, a more additional diplomacy or a diplomatic role in the country. Uh, very, very cool to see these helicopters in, in action. There's a good, good question for the chat room is how many agencies outside of the military operate Blackhawks? I'll leave that. I'll, I'll, uh, you guys can respond to us on WhatsApp or uh, YouTube if you know it in the chat room, or you can uh, send us a message on Facebook. <laughs> and don't Google it. You got to tell me. And Jonathan <laughs> Warner is... A, is uh, I have a question, Armando. I have oh, a question. Uh-oh. Yes, sir. After all the equipment and the stuff that the... Royal Air Force and the military use in this country, which we've you know brought from U.S. manufacturers. How come do you think we haven't bothered buying something like the UH-60 Blackhawk, which is obviously a proven to be a a blooming good helicopter? Why? Why do you That's think? A not- great question that you should ask your uh, parliamentarians. Hmm. <laughs> I just think after everything that we brought in our. Uh, you know, our air force and stuff that we've never thought of buying a, a UH-60. I just think, yeah. You know, yeah. I remember, I remember there were, there were talks of the Osprey uh, being acquired by the UK, but uh, at the end of the day, I think they, they, uh, that never materialized, but I mean, some of the helicopters that you guys have are incredibly, incredibly capable, but there, there is something to be said about a mass produced helicopter that that has uh, service and parts all over the world and, and yeah. proven capabilities but uh, uh hey, we, yeah write write your mp and you can find out uh, we have some guesses in the chat room apparently um so if somebody could pop them up because i haven't got the chat room uh in front of me here oh jonathan warner says no idea that's a great help uh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's, it's kind of the same guesses right uh, Jonathan yeah. warner says uh, the merlin uh, I know the the Puma is used quite a bit in special operations. The, uh, um, mm. you know, there's uh, <laughs> My, Myla's guessing that, seven. Uh, the seven. <laughs> the now you guys did buy the Chinook, right? That's a good point. Uh, yeah, yeah, From from Jonathan Warner. So yeah. the Chinook is uh, and the Apache. Is it the, yeah, the Apache we've got. You guys have Apaches. Yeah, you have yeah. Chinooks. Yep. Yeah. Um, so why not the Blackhawk? Who knows? That, yeah. It's a good question. There you go. Well, Myla says, is anyone else humming the Airwolf song? Oh, man, I, yeah. I saw uh, I th- Airwolf was a, a Bell helicopter. Yeah, it I was, think yeah. It was like a Bell 212 or something like that. And I saw one flying over Lake Norman the other the other day when we were, <laughs> this sounds bougie, but we were on a boat on Lake Norman and there was this helicopter flying over and I was like, like humming the Airwolf song and nobody got, nobody on the boat got it. So, what are you yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's a great series. That I'm amazed they never brought it back. Do you know what I mean? Because it was one of those things, wasn't it? That was just so cool. It was. Yeah. Am I the only one that used to find it super cool with the theme tune and all that kind oh, of no. thing? Airwolf, oh, no. Airwolf was the so good, so good. Even uh, even Myla in the chat room is saying she loved the the song, the theme song. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, absolutely. Yeah, careful copyright. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah. Actually, actually, you, you were you were right, uh, Armando. It was based on a Bell two two two. Was it? Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. Okay. Anyway, uh, how many agencies? Seriously, Armando, how many how many agencies were there actually? Oh, I don't know. Oh, right. Oh. I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> Rude. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> and I can still hear the Airwolf theme on my. Ear. Oh, okay. All right then. You can't now. <laughs> um, it's gone now. Don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to talk over it so we don't get the copyright violation. Then <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's all good. Don't panic. So uh, moving on to the next story. In all seriousness, this one uh, is coming from the AP. APnews.com and uh, we talked about at the top of the show the Philippine military plane crash 45 dead but 49 rescue Manila uh, we go to for this one in the Philippines uh, a Philippine Air Force C-130 aircraft carrying combat troops assigned to fight Muslim militants crashed and exploded while landing in the south on Sunday, killing at least 42 army soldiers on board and three civilians on the ground in one of the worst disasters in the Air Force's history. Uh, at least 49 other soldiers were rescued with injuries and survived the fiery uh, noontime crash at, uh, into a coconut grove outside the Jolo Airport in Sulu Province including some who managed to jump off the aircraft before it exploded and was cut up by fire, uh, military officials have said. Uh, three of seven villagers who were hit on the ground also died, sadly. Uh, the aircraft had 96 on board, including three pilots, five crew, while the rest were army personnel, the military said, adding only five soldiers remained unaccounted for late on Sunday. The pilot survived but was seriously injured, officials have said. Uh, the Lockheed C-130 Hercules involved was one of two ex-US Air Force aircraft handed over to the Philippines as part of military assistance this year. Officials said the injured personnel were brought to a hospital in Sulu or flown to nearby Zambonga Air uh, City and troops were continuing to search for the missing. A number of soldiers were seen jumping out of the aircraft before it hit the ground, uh, sparing them from the explosion caused by the crash, a military statement said, uh, citing witnesses. Uh, initial pictures released by the military, as we showed on the uh, show just now, showed a tail section of the cargo plane relatively intact. Uh, the other parts of the aircraft were burned or scattered in pieces in a clearing surrounded by coconut trees. Soldiers and other rescuers were, uh, with stretchers were seen dashing to and from the smoke-shrouded crash site, where a dark grey smoke billowed shortly after impact. The plane was transporting troops, many of them soldiers who had just undergone basic training from the southern Kayagan de Oro city for development in Sulu, officials said. They were supposed to join us uh, uh, in our fight against terrorism, uh, Sulu military commander Major General William Gonzalez said. Government forces have been battling Abu Sayyaf militants in the predominantly Muslim uh, province of Sulu for decades. It was not immediately clear what caused the crash. Re uh, Regional Military Commander Lieutenant General Corletto Vinluan said it was unlikely that the aircraft took hostile fire and cited a witness saying that it appeared to have overshot the runway and then crashed on the periphery of the airport. Military Chief of Staff General Carolito Sobiana told reporters that the plane missed the runway and was trying to regain power but failed and crashed. An Air Force official told the AP that the Jolo runway is shorter than most other runways in the country, making it more difficult for pilots to adjust if an aircraft misses the landing spot. The official who has flown military aircraft to and from Jolo several times spoke on condition of anonymity because of a lack of authority to speak publicly. Initial pictures show that the weather was apparently fine in Sulu, although 
other other parts of the Philippines were experiencing rains uh, due to an approaching tropical depression. Uh, the airport in Sulu's main town of Jolo is located a few kilometers uh, from mountainous areas where troops have battled Abu Sayyaf's militants and some militants have aligned themselves with the Islamic State group. Now, these um, aircraft, obviously, they were. I think they were. Were they gifted to? I think they were gifted to the um, to the country, weren't they, Armando? They were. Uh, this particular aircraft, I think it was 2014. It went over to uh, the Philippines, and it was an H model. Mm. Um, from what I from what I understand, it was an H model C130. Um, but like Miles uh, said in the chat room, uh, that anybody survived this is amazing. And I, I believe the death toll is now up to 50 uh, plus the three that were on the ground. Uh, so 53 total, but two. I'm very interested and I'm not sure that we'll ever know. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. How these individuals managed to get off of this airplane. Initially, I thought maybe they had parachutes and they bailed out or they managed to bail out before, uh, you know, as the aircraft was going towards the ground or once an emergency was recognized or did it or did it hit the runway and then kind of bounce and, and then they made it out before, before the aircraft was consumed by the fire. Uh, very, very interesting, but incredibly lucky for, for the uh, 40 or so uh, soldiers that, that managed to get out of this airplane. I'm right in thinking, Armando, beans as these were ex-US Air Force planes, they would have been really, really well looked after during their service. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. Once they leave your hands... You kind of don't, you know, it's up in the air what, what the host nation or the partner nation can do with them. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's an ongoing problem with a lot of the aircraft that we um, either supply or sell to other countries is uh, do they have the capability and the expertise to maintain them to the to the right levels. Uh, but but we will know this. This may have just been a, a pure pilot pilot error. Uh, well, that's speculation, so I have no idea. So, Matt, you've got the uh, the next story. Uh, it's all about the Canberra, which uh, uh, is quite exciting. Indeed, yes. Uh, now, there's the story was sent to us actually by Ray Davis via Facebook Messenger. So, thank you, Ray, for that. And it, as I say, it comes from Facebook. And um, the headline is Canberra Returns to the Sky. Uh, English uh, Electric Canberra TT-18, one of 11 aircraft in the Royal Australian Air Force's RAAF 100 Squadron Tamora Historic Flight Collection, returns to flight. Uh, Monday the 28th of June 2021 saw the Canberra return to the skies after being grounded for nearly 11 years. The Canberra was uh, last flown on the 5th of june 2010 it was due for scheduled ndt that's non-destructive testing which then led to a much larger restoration the restoration process included converting um uh converting the uh highly corrosive cartridge start engines to electric start engines uh ensuring the longevity of this aircraft we thank our amazing engineers te- engineering team raaf 100 squadron and many third party contractors 
both in Australia and overseas for all their hard work and commitment. This strike work and persistence ensured that the RAAF 100 Squadron Tamora Historic Flight Canberra could once again be the only flying example in Australia. The first public public display is scheduled for the aircraft showcase on the 9th and 10th of October in Tamora. There we go. Very interesting. Nice story. And again, thanks to Ray Davis for, for sending that in. It's a, it's nice to see something in the air, isn't it, actually, sort of having been restored? Because you do worry when, when this extensive work, you know, it worries you, that, um, it worries you that something's gone wrong. Do you know what I mean? When they're busy looking so closely at uh, like airframes and things and restoration is going to take longer and you just think, is this thing ever going to fly again? Actually, you remember, Nev, when we, when we went to the uh, Cold War uh, jets day at uh, Bruntingthorpe a few years back. Do you remember they had one of these cameras there? They done yeah, do. the uh, yeah. they done the start. Do you remember they had the the guys who were um, the getting the engine started and the big that, the plumes of smoke when these um, when the engines on these started up? Yeah, it's, it's not a straightforward thing at all, is it? Yeah, it's, uh, no, absolutely fantastic to see aircraft uh, restored in this way, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The cartridge start engines. What a That's it. Like who who thought of that to put an explosive cordite charge in a little cartridge in in a jet airplane just and then have it pop off <laughs> to to turn the turbine enough to start getting some air in it i i love it when when you're introducing explosive charge into uh, <laughs> an extremely volatile airplane full of old jet aircraft yeah absolutely i mean yeah. what what could possibly go wrong <laughs> yeah right right i remember that uh, by the way i was in, i was at Bruntingthorpe. That year with you guys, 2018, 2017, 2018. Uh, there are still some very modified versions of them flying for NASA, apparently, May Man Micah is saying. Oh, didn't know that. There you go. Hmm. You heard it here first. Or, well, no, because I'm on, because um, uh, Micah already knew, obviously, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Indeed. Is my audio better now, by the way? Because you seem very distressed by what you've been hearing coming back from me. Uh, just fine. Okay, good. I hear you just fine. Excellent. Oh, hello. The bells. <laughs> oh, that means the show's over. Right, okay. Hey. That, that's it. It means it's nine o'clock. There we are. We're all done and dusted. Yeah. So we are, we are going to start to wrap up the show, but uh, we are going to have a quick uh, um, go over our social medias for those who may not already follow us on social media. Don't forget to search for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, Plain Talking UK, and also that WhatsApp number, plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six is the number to send your aviation-related pictures to if you want them on the green screens behind the walls here. Uh, I know uh, Jonathan Warner is very good at doing that uh, for us. Uh, almost, so you, also, you can email the show, podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, we'd love to hear some feedback from you guys and girls if you want to send us an email. I would love to hear from you. And also, don't forget our website, allawes.plaintalkinguk.com. If you take yourselves over there, you'll find the links to our shop where you can purchase a PTUK t-shirt and also a PTUK mug, uh, which can be used for drinking many things, including 
beers and wines. Uh, <laughs> you can also uh, find our links on there to our Patreon as well and PayPal if you want to become a Patreon member of the show and a PayPal donator to the show. A few quid, we don't mind. It all helps to uh, push the show forward and enables us to bring you the content that we do on the show. And don't forget, for those of you who do subscribe uh, via Patreon and PayPal, uh, those are all important videos uh, that are being released now to you guys on there, uh, which show a bit of an insight into Armando's life in the US and the amazing flying that he does mm. uh, with the aircraft. So make sure that uh, if you are a Patreon or PayPal subscriber, that uh, you check those videos out well. Yeah. Uh, Yes, there are other videos in the process of being thought about, worked on and, and done, so there'll be some more coming soon as well. And also, don't forget the Amazon link, which I'll be using tomorrow, because I've got to make some Amazon orders, so I shall be using that. The Amazon link, uh, which helps us with a small referral fee if you use the link. doesn't cost you a penny, but uh, it does help us a little bit as well on there. And also, uh, yeah... Just don't forget to uh, like us, subscribe, and uh, yeah, give us a review if you download via iTunes uh, or any other podcast provider. We really would appreciate that very much indeed. So what's going on? Quickly, round robin with everyone. So we're going to go for Nev first. What is Mr. Bounds up to next week? Oh, uh, back to work next week. A uh, couple of days in London. Um, yes, a hectic week by the looks of things, I'm pleased to say. So, uh, yes, London is getting a bit busier now, too, I'm pleased to say. So people are slowly going back to their offices. Oh, dear. I mean, that's kind of good and kind of bad in the one, because <laughs> suddenly London is difficult to negotiate again. <laughs> it can be. Uh, Quite. Shall we get on? Absolutely. So, Mr. Armando, what are you doing next week? Yeah, like I said, uh, flying air cadets all day tomorrow. I think I have uh, four or five flights and then skydivers on Sunday. And then just to continue on the vacation, I think we're going to, I think Megan and I are going to leave the kid with the grandparents and uh, head down to Greenville, South Carolina and, and take a couple of days off from nice. offness. It's a hard life, isn't it? It's such a hard <laughs> life. Bless him. He deserves it, though. Absolutely. Yeah, but when we, when we go, we go fast. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. or from a plane. Go, go fast so, or go home. I think go fast it? or go home <laughs> with a parachute. Indeed. And uh, Matt, what are you doing next week? Um, well, uh, not much over the weekend, to be honest with you, because um, <coughs> Sunday show. Uh, well, yes, I've got a Sunday show, but um, the reason why uh, I won't be doing much this weekend is because starting on Monday for a whole week, I will be covering the Park Radio Breakfast Show from six a.m. to nine a.m. here in the UK. Uh, uh, so if anybody is a, I don't know what time that is in the States, probably not, uh, unless you're on nights, it's no good to you. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I will be on Park Radio. You can ask your smart speaker to play Park Radio uh, and uh, also you can uh, go to the website, parkradio.co.uk. Uh, I will be on the radio 6am to 9pm, uh, nine, no, not 6am to 9pm, that's a long shift, 6am uh, <laughs> to 9am um, uh, every day we would this week, anyway. cover, covering the Chris Moyes breakfast show. So there you go. Looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward uh, to yeah. my updates on, on the traffic of discs. Like, I know. Uh, yeah. I shall be there. Don't <laughs> panic. Don't panic. Indeed. And, and, uh, uh, John, what are you up to, uh, just out of, out of interest? Nothing. Hello, John. Really interesting. Really interesting. And Absolutely fantastic. I've got my second <laughs> wedding of the year. <gasps> what? Tomorrow night. Woo! 
My goodness. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So that's it then, guys and girls. Have a safe and fun weekend. Enjoy yourselves this weekend. Stay safe. And don't forget to tune in next Friday and on the show and join us all back again next Friday. So from me, Carlos, from Matt, from Nev, from Armando, before he gets blown away, and from <laughs> our awesome producer, John, thank you, everyone. Take care. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.